This is Library Nerds with Words, the podcast that gives you the word on all the cool, nerdy happenings at Peter White Public Library and the library universe beyond. From books and concerts to search engines and story times, the library nerds are in and ready to show you that being a nerd can be cool. Get ready, get set, get nerdy. Welcome back to Library Nerds with Words, the podcast that gives you the word on everything cool that's happening at Peter White Public Library and the library universe beyond, straight out of the mouths of the people who know it best, library nerds. My name is Marty Ackett, and I'm the adult programming coordinator for Peter White Public Library. Joining me again in the guest nerd chair this week is the president of Peter White Public Library's Board of Trustees, Anne Donahue. Welcome back to the podcast, Anne. Thanks, Marty. I'm so happy to be here. You know, I'm always happy to sit down and talk with you, Anne. You know, the last time you joined us on a podcast was in season one, almost 20 episodes ago. And uh, so many exciting things have happened at the library since then, including the NEA Big Read with Joy Harjo, uh, the return of the Winter Wonderland Walk, Tuba Christmas, not everybody's cup of tea, but I really enjoyed it, <laughs> and um, an Alcott Christmas in December. And now we are in 2022 looking forward to all the great things that will be happening at Peter White Public Library in the coming year. And of course, the Board of Trustees is always working hard on behalf of patrons and visitors at Peter White Public Library to make sure that we can continue to deliver all of our, deliver all of our wonderful services and programming. Now, I know you have something exciting, some library nerds, nerd words that you want to share with us today. But before we do that, we have to play a little round of word on the nerd. I'm going to ask you three library nerd questions about yourself and you have to answer them for listeners. So Anne, are you ready to play? Word on the nerd. And this is going to be a little game of this or that. I'm going to name two books or authors or movies or foods or anything. And you have to choose between the two of them. Okay, are you ready for this? I'm ready. All right, here we go. Here's your first question. Mysteries or memoirs? Oh, that one's easy for me, memoirs. Memoirs? Yeah, I am a library nerd, so I love a mystery. But Mm -hmm. I don't know, there's something about memoirs. I really love reading people's stories. I'm Mm -hmm. an extrovert by nature. And so Mm -hmm. I love getting to know people. And I find memoirs are an interesting way to do that. And I always like to know like how other people live their lives. Like, you know, you never know that you might discover some nugget of, you know, something somebody does that you're like, oh, yeah. I should start doing that. <laughs> or I yeah. Should do that. Or yeah. I, I, I'm totally with you on that one. I mean, I love a good mystery, but if you give me a choice between reading a mystery or a memoir, I'm always going to go with memoir. Uh, like you said, I just, I love finding out about people and um, I don't know, you learn stuff. I think when you read a memoir, you learn stuff about yourself too. Um, when, it, when, when you're reading about other people. So yeah. And you, you, maybe it inspires you to do something as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, okay. Well, there we go. Memoirs. All right. So second question, we'll see about this one is romantic comedy films or documentaries. Of romantic comedy films for sure. Oh really? Okay. <laughs> yeah, All right. 
for me, TV time or, you know, like that kind of screen time a movie is escapism. And okay. while I love learning things and I like documentaries, I mean, when I watch them, I enjoy them, but it's not my go-to. My go-to is okay. a rom-com where I, and it, I, it better have a happy ending. Like, oh, <laughs> no romantic comedies where one of the people dies at the end no, or something no, like no, that. No. It, has to be, it has to have a happy ending because I, you know, like many of us, I've had enough tragedy in my life. I don't need to watch it. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So here's here's my question. What is your favorite romantic comedy? Uh-oh. I don't know if I can come up with that. I mean, of course, I love Pretty Woman. Like, mm. that's old I love Sleepless in Seattle. That's like one of my favorites. Yeah. But I, but, I, but I love, I'm a big Sandra Bullock fan. So I also love While You Were Sleeping, too. Oh, yeah. I love her. And I'll, I I, I'll actually watch almost anything she does, even if it's on the darker side. Although I didn't watch Bird Box. That one looked too disturbing. It's, to me. Um, it, yeah, that's, that's not a romantic comedy, I will say that. No, I don't think so. <laughs> it's, it, no, it's absolutely not. But yeah, you put Sandra Bullock in a good romantic comedy. I mean, you've, you've got me um, immediately. So, yeah. um, but she's, she's been going more towards dramatic roles as opposed to comedies recently. So yeah, I, I did know. love her in the blind side. That oh, was she was so good. Yeah. yeah. And I, and I, and actually the movie Gravity, she was fantastic yeah. in that one too. So, yeah. I mean, she's a, she's a really versatile actress, but um, yeah, um, I, you know, for me, I would probably pick a documentary over a romantic comedy. I don't know. There's just something about, I love watching good documentaries. So, yeah. Um, all right. Well, here's your last question. And this might be the most difficult and important question that I'm going to ask you. Milk chocolate or dark chocolate? Well, that's, you can't make me choose. <laughs> <laughs> that's an impossible choice. I know. I, well, yeah. I, mean, I actually love both and mm. I eat both regularly. And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's, you know, dark chocolate doesn't melt as easily. So it's not as mm. messy. So I like that about it. Cause I, I am a super neat freak for myself. Mm -hmm. like, I don't care what other people do. But, yeah. Um, but milk chocolate does actually, well, it's just creamier, right? It's creamier. It's a little sweeter. It doesn't have that kind of bitter bite right. to it that a dark chocolate will. But here in yeah. the U.S., milk chocolate is so sweet that it's a little bit off-putting for me because mm. I've had, because I, um, I don't, you may or may not know, my husband's from South Africa. And so when we travel to visit his family, the chocolate they, they have there, even the milk chocolate tastes different than it does here and it's oh not, really yeah it's not as sweet and I I like that better so when I'm in the U.S. I like dark chocolate but I think that's my answer when I'm outside the U.S. I like milk chocolate wow that's a very that's a very um uh you know international answer okay <laughs> I, I'll, I'll take that although I will say this you have to try the milk chocolate from a candy company it's Lake Champlain chocolates out of New York Okay. fantastic it's like the best chocolate i've ever had in in my life it's so good okay so. can you order it online then you can order it's lake champlain chocolates and what i suggest there they have these um like signature candy bars they're called five star bars and okay. you can get like caramel yeah, yeah um, caramel peanut butter um hazelnut they're just 
they're just to die for. So okay, well, I will definitely try those. I bet I would like. All them. right. I went, I went to a chocolate store in Montreal uh, a couple of few years ago, and yeah, that was also you know it was like this kind of you know a little artisan. Mm -hmm. You know, they made it all on site. I mean, kind of like Donkers does, but it was in Montreal, yes. so. Well, and the way I discovered Lake Champlain chocolates, just to tie this whole segment together, I read a memoir called <laughs> called Candy Freak. It was Candy Freak by Steve Almond. And he talked about how uh, he talked about Lake Champlain chocolates, because what he did was he went and visited all these chocolate makers um, who made candy bars. And um, which this was really smart because he would go and say, I'm writing a book. And they would give him like boxes of samples. Oh, that so, is smart. And he actually did write the book though too. So yeah, he did write the book, but I mean, he walked away with like he said he's he said that like he had a warehouse of candy by the end of writing this book. So oh, wow, so. I love him. I used to listen to the. Do you remember the? Did you listen to the Dear Sugar podcast? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I he's he's just he's just so funny, and um, I, I I just I just love all of his books. But I don't know, Candy Freak has a particular soft spot for me in his in his all of his work. So okay, I'll have to put that in my to read pile. <laughs> oh, it, it's good. It's really good. All right. Well, we have come to the end of another game of Word on the Nerds. This time with Ann Donahue, president of Peter White Public Library's Board of Trustees. Now that we have taken care of that business, it is time to find out what's on your mind today, Anne. So why don't you give us the word? Anne, what would you like to talk about today? I would like to talk about banned books. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that's, that's a hot one today. So it's a hot one today. And I don't know if you saw, but uh, Andrea, the library director, and Leslie Warren, and Jessica Holman from Nagani Public Library, and Kia Jane Richmond from NMU's English department were on mm. Media Meet in mm. December, and they were talking about banned books and censorship. Okay. Sort of what inspired me to, to bring it up. But the, mm. and of course, the American Library Association, they, sponsor at a banned books week and I can't remember when was it recently um it was just recently I, I want to say it's in the fall usually I want it sometime in the fall um yeah. But, but yeah I know I know that they do that yeah yeah but the point is to highlight that there are well and there seems to be a new sort of push to uh regulate what people have access to mm -hmm. and it's kind of I don't know if alarming is the right word but if it doesn't feel good to me in a, you know, in a country where we're supposed to all have access to whatever we want. And I think it's yeah. important to understand the philosophy behind that, which is, you know, our democracy is founded on people having access mm -hmm. to information. Like that's sort mm -hmm. of, that's the whole, not the whole point, but a big part of the point. Yeah, and absolutely. If you don't, if you limit people's access, then it limits their ability to learn about themselves and mm -hmm. their ability to learn how learn about others and create empathy, you know, learn empathy. Right. So yeah. I just feel like it's important that we always, you know, say it's, I mean, not every book is appropriate for every person. I don't mean that, but right. just make sure that people understand 
you know, access to books and information is really, really important. And I have what to me is a kind of a funny story about censorship. When I was in seventh grade, I, you know, I was, I've been a reader my whole life and I would always carry around whatever book I was reading. And I was reading a book by Harold Robbins. I don't know if you remember. Oh, yeah. I remember Harold Robbins. Yeah. 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 And he wrote kind of, at least at that time, kind of racy books. Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so my English teacher said to me, does your mother know you're reading that book? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I was like, I assume <laughs> she does because I, it was in our house, you know, mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. that's where I got it. I didn't get it at the library or anything. And he said, um, you need to check with her and make sure that it's okay that you're reading that. And I was like, do I? No. And he was like, yeah, you really do. And I was like, oh, all right. And so I went home and I was like, mom, because <laughs> I was a very wow. obedient person. You know, I was like, yeah, oh, yeah, my teacher said I had to check with you. Why would he think that I shouldn't be reading this? And she said, oh, because there are sex scenes in it, but it's fine as long as you understand it. And if you don't understand it, you have to come talk to me about it. That's the and that was my mother's whole philosophy like I was not there was nothing nothing was off limits the onus mm. was if I didn't understand something I had to ask questions about it that that's such a perfect answer for a parent to give a child who wants to read something mm -hmm. you know if you don't if you don't understand it you know sure it's fine if you read it if you under and if you find something you don't understand come and talk to me about it I mean that's a great way to approach it exactly and I think that's sort of the I've never, which is part of why I've now, as an adult, I've never understood why people ban books. Like, I just don't, like, why, why would you not want to have a conversation, even if it's yeah. a difficult topic, you know, it's mm -hmm. part of the richness of life, in, really, to, you know, discuss yep. things like that. Yeah. And the other point what, I want to what, make, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, well, my story about, I don't know if this is banning books, but my daughter, I was sort of the same way with my daughter when she was reading. I mean, I have lots of books in my house. And so she would just go and take a book. And in fifth grade, she decided that she wanted to read Cormac McCarthy's The Road, um, which is a pretty intense book. And I and I and she was pretty ahead of her reading things, uh, reading that level. So I said, sure, if you have any questions or anything about it. Well, it became like her favorite book. So like in sixth grade, she wanted to do a, a book report or some kind of project on it for her sixth grade uh, language arts teacher. And um, the teacher said, do you, I, do you know what this book is about? And Celeste was like, well, yeah. And she's like, does your dad know that you read the, are reading this? And she said, of course she, I, she said, uh, well, my dad gave it to me to read. <laughs> and so, so then that prompted the phone call from the English teacher, you know, mm -hmm. do you know what the, the and I'm like, yes, I, I know what this is, but she ended up, they wouldn't let her do the report on the road. She had really? to pick, she had to pick something from his, uh, his list of accepted books. Uh, so that feels like a missed opportunity to me, but I mean, I, yeah. yeah, what are you going to do? But still, yeah, I, yeah. Just, I don't know. <laughs> I, but you had a second point you wanted to make too. Oh, um, oh, the idea that, well, I have a quote from Cindy Hunter Morgan, you know, the poet who wrote Harborless. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. um, she has a new collection out recently, too, I think. Oh, but cool. anyway, her, she, when she was here in 2019 talking about Harborless, one of the things she said during her talk was reading fiction is a way into your own life. 
And I, that really resonated with me. And if you don't have books on the shelves that reflect people's own identities or you know mm -hmm. things about themselves, then it's hard for harder for them to recognize themselves. Yeah. And when you have books about, you know, let's say, you know, sexuality or raci racism or something like that, that mm -hmm. somebody might be starting to feel about themselves, but they are not ready to discuss it personally. Like if a book with that topic gives them an opportunity to talk about a complex issue without necessarily, you know, identifying themselves as part of the community, for example. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean that's that's it exactly. I mean, I, I remember from my childhood books books helped me through a lot of things that mm -hmm. you struggle with, yeah. you know, and it, it, it so that you don't have to necessarily say, oh, this is me, but you can mm -hmm. read it and understand what's mm -hmm. going on with you by reading that book. So exactly, it's it's just so important and. Uh, well, just like you, I don't understand this impulse to try to take books out of people's hands. Yeah, I, but, <laughs> but you know, I'm one of those people. Like, I I have a I have a mentality of you know more. Like, I just have a like that's sort of my, you know, I, I always feel like there's there's going to be enough of mm -hmm. things. Hopefully, I mean, I understand that's not always true, but yeah. I just don't have I don't understand like limiting or you know making things smaller like it just doesn't I don't know I don't feel like it helps people well and and for adults that are taking books out of young people's hands I don't think if they re they realize it that if you do that to a young person that young person wants to do it even more right <laughs> so it. if you tell them that they can't read a book <laughs> and then exactly. the book ends up I mean, getting way more attention than they want it to exactly <laughs> Yeah. You know, they, they just don't realize that the kids are going to read it. And if you don't make a big deal out of it, if you answer their questions, they're going to move on to something else or it yeah. might really impact them in some way. But I mean, by making creating such a uproar about something, um, it just focuses more attention on the book and the issue. And um, you're probably going to find yourself talking about it even more than you wanted to. So yeah. um <laughs> <laughs> it's it's just it's just amazing to me and you know you you mentioned cindy hunter morgan um she's going to be reading for us she's coming up in april to do a reading for oh, us as part that. of as part of the great lakes poetry festival so oh, we we yeah she's um got, she's one of our featured readers along with um thomas lynch is coming up and um and um keith taylor from uh, u of m is coming up too so oh, great so we got some really good, but uh, yeah, I was really excited that Cindy um, uh, said that she would come up and be a part of the festival. So, mm -hmm. so well, you know, I think that uh, I think that the upshot of this conversation is banned books. Uh, you know, it shouldn't happen. It really shouldn't. <laughs> um, you know, if a book is not your cup of tea, that's fine. It is. You know, fine. You don't read it. You know, you don't have to pick it up. But um, you you can't take that cup of tea from so, away from someone who really wants a drink of it. So, um, <laughs> all right. Well, that is the word from Ann Donahue, president of Peter White Public Library's Board of Trustees. But before I let you out of the guest nerd chair, uh, Ann, uh, we have to do one more thing. 
We have to find out what you've been reading recently, the books that have been keeping you up at night because you just can't put them down. Um, it's time for you to give us some recommendation of what we should pick up off the shelf. And what have you been reading recently? Well, I've been doing a lot of reading for the Two Books, Two Communities Project, which is what mm -hmm. I always talk about when I come on here. So I, just, <laughs> I wanted to go in another direction. And I actually had picked a memoir to talk about. Okay, cool. And it's, um, it's a little bit old. Well, it came out in 2010. And I read it, I don't know, two or three years ago. But it's mm -hmm. called Racing Odysseus, A College President Becomes a Freshman Again by mm -hmm. Roger Martin. And okay. he was a college president and then he got cancer. I mean, this all comes mm -hmm. up very early. I'm not, there's no spoilers here. Mm -hmm. And he decided to go back to school and he enrolled in, sorry, I have to look it up, uh, at St. John's College, the Great Books School in Annapolis, Maryland. Mm -hmm. He was 61 years old and he enrolled as a freshman. And his goal was to try to determine how relevant uh, the humanities are these mm. days, because education seems to have such a focus on, you know, careers and vocational kinds of applications. He wanted to, yeah, yeah. you know, delve into that. And he does think, I invented mm -hmm. that because he joins the rowing club while he's on campus, mm. but it's, it's a, <laughs> It's a really, it's a nice memoir. I have a quote from uh, a guy, well, an author who wrote What's Wrong with Democracy, but he says, uh, St. John's, da, da, da. this is not a heavy handed, you should read, Ash, I don't know how to pronounce this Greek author, <laughs> if you want to call yourself educated. Is, stuff. It, is it Aeschylus? Aeschylus? Yes, it is Aeschylus. Thank okay. you. Um, it's not a heavy handed, you should read Aeschylus if you want to call yourself educated stuff, but rather the humble confession of a humanist who knows one is never too old, educated or experienced to learn something new or again. Wow. Yeah. And I wow. just like that idea. And I like that message. And that, that, I, that sounds like a great memoir. It is. And it's not that long. It was, you know, kind of, it's really readable. It's well written. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I really enjoyed it and, and it stuck with me and I've been recommending it to people far and awesome. wide. And, he, and you said he joined the rowing team. Did he do really well on the rowing team? I don't even <laughs> remember, but I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I would say because of the row, that's a pretty intense sport. I can't imagine a 61 year old man, you know, unless he's the one sitting in the bow of the boat yelling stroke, stroke, yeah. stroke, you know, that kind of thing. But well, it can wow. be a lifelong sport. I mean, we have, mm -hmm. you know, anybody can try it here in Marquette. By the way. <laughs> right, right, yeah. But um, so it's "Racing Odysseus" by Roger Martin. Um, yeah. It's a great title. I love, the, I love the title too, "Racing Odysseus." You know, as as a person who has taught and does teach like mythology and and good books and stuff at, mm -hmm. at Northern, um, I always am sort of trying to reevaluate the books that I use to to ask whether they're relevant or not to um, the time that we're in right now. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So, wow, that, that sounds like fantas a fantastic book. So there you have it, fellow library nerds and Donahue's recommendation of a book that you should go to the library and pick up off the shelf.
And we have come to the end of another episode of Library Nerds with Words. I want to thank Ann Donahue, president of the Board of Trustees at Peter White Public Library for agreeing to sit down with me again today and for just being the coolest commander in chief nerd around. Come back next week <laughs> when I will visit once more with Madeline Bitter from the reference desk for part two of our conversation about debunked books. Until that time, everyone, stay nerdy. Thank you for listening to Library Nerds with Words, Peter White Public Library's weekly podcast, giving you the word on what's cool at the library. The theme for the podcast is Happy Clappy by John Bartman, used courtesy of Pixabay. This episode was written and produced by Martin Ackett's and sponsored by Peter White Public Library. Until next week, pick up a good book, listen to some good music, watch a good movie, attend a great event, and remember, library nerds are the coolest people around.